0: is ahead of a
1: lot of places because it already has the infrastructure in place rather than catching up and creating it a year
2: ago. The opportunity to leverage the external environment to help accelerate people like Crocker, Kroger, Fifth Third. It's
3: just a great ecosystem. There's a lot of smart people coming into the system. You can take our product a lot
4: further because of your passion.
5: Welcome to episode 59 of Powderkeg Igniting Startups. I'm your host, Matt Hunkler, and today we've got a special episode we recorded in front of a live audience in one of the coolest venues I have ever seen. Those voices you heard come from a special live show that Powderkeg hosted in partnership with Cincinnati-based Centrifuge, which is where we recorded in their historic Union Hall building in Over the Rhine, or OTR for Cincinnati Insiders. This show is part of Cincinnati Startup Week 2018 and is titled Unvalley, New Insights and Trends Powering Cincinnati's Startup Success. You're going to hear eight profile tech founders, investors, and leaders from greater Cincinnati discuss the insights from our first ever Cincinnati Tech Census and share some of the incredible stories from that community. I channel my inner Jimmy Fallon here as we got to hear the perspectives and not just highlight what's happening in Cincinnati, but also to understand how these Heartland tech hubs and tech founders are distinguishing themselves from the coasts. We even end with an awards segment highlighting some of the most innovative Cincy startups and some of the ones with the very best culture. To get your own copy of the Cincinnati Tech Census, head on over to powderkeg.com. Once you're there, you can also listen to other episodes, subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future shows. And now, let's dive into the first ever Cincinnati Tech Census report. Hi,
6: everyone. again. How are we doing?
7: Yeah. Hey, there we go. We're live.
6: How's it going? I'm Todd Henderson, and Cincinnati is my home. I've had the opportunity to work in our entrepreneurial ecosystem, uh, collaborating with some fantastic founders, and working with some neat tech companies, and uh, now I'm a, a huge advocate of our startup ecosystem, what we call Startup Scentsy, if you're live streaming outside of the area. Uh, we've actually called that Startup Scentsy. Um, there are so many reasons why Cincinnati is a special place to me, and that is why I teamed up with the folks at Powderkeg to help bring their program uh, to launch in our city. And it is a huge uh, honor for me to welcome the entire Powderkeg team back to Cincinnati uh, to release the first ever Cincinnati Tech Census report. Now this report just dropped live today, so it's, it's just raining live today to so you guys are the first ever folks to lay eyes on the data and this support and hear the insights from what we found. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. That's yeah. so not that exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a fun show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, the folks at Cinserfuse and Powderpeg have put together a fantastic panel of some of the most informed leaders from the tech and um, innovation communities here at Cincinnati. Um, we also have a fantastic coach that's going to get us started so i want you to help me uh, give a huge cincinnati welcome to power Keg ceo matt huckler oh. let's
5: give it up to is Tom. freaking awesome uh, amazing community leader here uh, it's good to be back in cincinnati my team my entire team and i are here from indianapolis uh, we could not be more excited to be a part of Cincinnati Startup Week. How's everyone mm-hmm. enjoying Startup Week? Yeah. Great, right? Pretty great, right? Uh, pretty great. Centrifuge has been an amazing partner, and we could not have done this tech census report without Centrifuge, but also so many other great organizations uh, who are part of this, bringing the tech census to Cincinnati. This is our first one, and uh, what was amazing about this is we had over 150 responses from tech entrepreneurs, investors, people growing tech companies right here in Cincinnati. Uh, we got some amazing insight into what it's like to grow a high growth tech company here in Cincinnati, and this is a great snapshot of it. It really um, gave a really good look into some of the strengths that Cincinnati has, some of the wind it has behind its back, and then some of the opportunities and challenges it still faces as it grows into that next stage of growth. Um, we have. So many things to get into this evening. We've got a great lineup of speakers uh, to speak on the talent um, and career side of things here in Cincinnati in the Cincinnati tech ecosystem. We have uh, some amazing presenters who are going to talk about the funding situation here, what it's like to grow at a big company or a big co as uh, Centricude is coined here with Wendy Lee. Uh, and we're going to dive into each aspect of this by the end of the evening. And we're going to culminate in a fireside chat with an amazing serial entrepreneur, Tarek Kamel, who has started several companies here in Cincinnati. He's been here literally over 25 years, growing tech companies, and he's going to talk about his current journey at Circle. Uh, and then we're going to finish with some awards. There are some amazing tech companies that have won some awards here um, that are part of the ecosystem, that have raised capital from Cincy Tech, from the angel groups like Queen City Angels, uh, from some of the other uh, follow-on capital that's here in Cincinnati and beyond. And so we're going to end with that award ceremony. Uh, But to kick things off, uh, keep the energy going. I I couldn't have done a better job uh, than Todd had done himself here, uh, welcoming everyone and getting some context. Our first guest uh, is an amazing person who uh, ended up here in Cincinnati, back in Cincinnati, after going and working on Disney Cruise Lines. Uh, He's a very creative person. Uh, and as a leader here at Cincinnati, leading all of marketing and communications was a, was a founding uh, executive here at Centrifuse. Really, without his help, we couldn't have done this initiative. Please put your hands together for Eric Weissman. You don't even need stairs, do you? Todd, can you throw me a microphone? Actually, let's just do a handcuff. I did say yeah, thank you for that. No backup mics. We did have some really fancy graphics and things to show here, but we, uh, we ended up needing to do kind of a stripped-down startup version, which I think is very That's fitting. No problem. Uh, Eric, really appreciate you uh, taking time to uh, bring the tech census here. Yeah. We, uh, we got some really good insight into the tech community from doing this uh, census. And one of the things that uh, I thought was really interesting was that 65% of respondents actually uh, grew up outside of Cincinnati. Which means you have a lot of people that are relocating to Cincinnati. Can you give us
0: maybe a little bit of context of being someone who relocated back yeah. to Cincinnati? I, I think the term is boomerang. I like um uh, you know, from the, that sixty five percent that I'm I'm shocked that it's that high that I would have thought that a lot of people, you know, have stayed here, but maybe that means that they, you know, started somewhere else and moved here, you know, back the early part of their career but i think what, what attracts people to cincinnati is the stability is that there's a lot of large corporations here there's a lot of research institutions that are closed um it, that that an attracting to to folks to come and stay and not have to worry about uh finding another home when they're getting ready to send their kids to school or something like that so that that's that's how i would sum it up and
5: is there anything that um, you've seen to be particularly helpful here in Cincinnati as people are checking out, maybe relocating their company to Cincinnati, or uh, even some of the big co's like like P and G and Kroger, who are hiring in talent in their innovation departments uh, to try to make sure that they see the best in Cincinnati when they come to visit? So
0: you know, we're blessed with a pretty cool food scene. Uh, we've got a really vibrant art scene as well. And that seems to be, you know, I don't know that, and I mean no disrespect, but I don't know that Austin has a symphony. I don't know if they're known for their arts and culture as much as they are being the live music capital of the world, which is great. But I think, you know, when you look at Cincinnati, there's some of those other facets that that have to kind of complete that tapestry of what it means to be uh, a person and a human and not just, uh, you know, a techie that wants to to work all day or a drone that wants to uh, just kind of sit behind a cubicle.
5: My team and I are really excited to check that out after the uh, happy hour tonight. Yeah. Cool, Um, a couple other stats here I wanted to share uh, from the census was that more than half of respondents agreed that there's adequate access to startup resources like mentors and advisors, which was 74%, agreed with that, 60% for local media opportunities, and then 86% for start sure. community organization, 86%. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge testament to what Centrifuge did with creating the front door the community, but then all of the other organizations that are here, HCDC, that have been CC, here for decades, Brandery. yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, HCDC has been in Norwood for like I think Pat Link, Pat Longo has been there for like 28 years. Yeah, uh, it, it's terrific. You know, it started when they were you know, four years old. <laughs> but HCDC has been a part of it. Cincy Tech has been a part of it. Main Street Ventures has you know. There's been a lot of trailbla- trailblazers, uh, and it took something like Center Fuse. Uh, you know, that was the, the name. It's the goofiest name in the world. I like um, it. But it was a matter of saying we need a lifeguard in the pool. We need something that can coordinate this so that everybody can stay and focus on what they're doing well and what they are best in class in. Um, but is there a connectivity between those? Is there somebody to poke the holes in the silos so that everybody can have access to whether it's SDBC or you know anything in the you know, NKU or any of the universities or anything like that? Um, you know, we play a small part in connecting those dots, but the dots were already here. Yeah. That,
5: I, I think that's uh, something that you had kind of building on momentum. You were able to come in, catalyze it, find some new areas to plug in. Obviously with the fund of funds that centrifuge has, that creates an even bigger national network. And I know Patrick Henshaw here is involved with um, helping connect founders, uh, two more capital, two more resources like Big Co's, even outside of Cincinnati. Can yeah, it's
0: given us, it's given us a, um, another reason for people to look at this Midwest area. Uh, the fact that we have these engaged LPs, the limited partners of our syndicate fund are these Big Co's of Cincinnati who want return on their investment. I mean, it's a, it's a for-profit vehicle underneath a non-profit umbrella of interviews. Um, but it gives them just another, another facet, another reason to, to, stop by Cincinnati so that they can syndicate with some of our existing investors like CincyTech, uh, and you know, that it just extends and broadens that network. Um, you know, thinking of like, uh, M25 group in, in, um, Chicago, uh, they they love to come here, Hyde Park ventures from Chicago loves to come here and, and take a look at the deals and take a look at people that they can invest with and alongside. Uh, so it really helps broaden and amplify that, that uh, the message that we're sending.
5: Well, and it's cool to see some of those VCs have Cincy ties too. You know, you mentioned Hyde Park Ventures and Tim Copp being right up the road in Indianapolis and having some strong Cincinnati ties it is an awesome benefit to the community here. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned briefly the local access to local media and local press, um, and certainly you've done a great job doing the word out here at Centrifuse. Um But there's the Cincinnati Business Journal, there's American Inno, what
0: um, are some of the other uh, media outlets that, that uh, Cincinnati's been plugging into? Uh, well, I wish that some would do a better job. I, I think that we've got a lot of great stories to tell here that don't get uh, the proper amplification. Uh, there are some brave entrepreneurs. This room is full of them. This building has been full of them all week. And I think that we need to tell their stories a little bit uh, with a little bit more consistency, not just waiting for that unicorn or kind of that... Um, uh, meteoric rise uh, because it's a brave thing uh, to step out there and try to be on your own and try to do something that people and scores of people have told you is not possible. And I think that uh, you know I, I would I would encourage uh, those stories to get told with a little bit more regularity. Well, uh, one thing I would just want to give a huge shout out is that
5: Forbes just put out their list in partnership with Rise of the Rest and Revolution. Yeah. A list of the top 10 cities for startups
0: beyond the coast. There's only one state that has two cities on that list. Which state is that? You want to guess? I'll give you a hint. (laughs) Three vows. Only one. It's Ohio.
5: That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, And speaking of media, you have uh, someone from
0: out of town that you brought in for Startup Week. Um, Would you like to introduce him to the stage? Sure. Uh, So we ran into Jeff Barrett um, a few months ago a group called Source Cincinnati that um, is the, the one organ, one of the organizations here in town who wakes up every morning with Cincinnati on the brain. How can I get this message out? And so uh, Jeff came in here to talk about some of the uh, life sciences and some of the... the, the uh, healthcare uh, innovations that we, we've got going on, and um, trip them into Union Hall and, and show them all the stuff, and, and encourage them that there's one week that you should come back. Uh, that should be startup week when all this stuff is going on, and you get to meet Matt Hockler that way <laughs> So that was another positive. <laughs> I, I am sure you did not mention that. Uh, I'm very excited to have Jeff here. Can
5: we give Jeff Barrett a warm welcome to the stage? Hey, I'm gonna let you have my seat. Oh. Cool, front and center. Yeah, front and center, man. The hot seat. I told you we were really in the hot seat. It's
1: uh, it's not actually that hot. <laughs> I was so. trying to warm it up for you. No, it's, it's perfect. Temperature. Thank
5: you. Well, the um, one thing that we found with AD Tech Census is we, we compared it to some of the other benchmarks that were out there. Mm-hmm. And so we found out that tech companies are, are growing with less money. Uh, so in OpenView's benchmark study, um, they had software startups under $10 million in ARR, uh, spending an average of 39% of their Revenue on sales and marketing. Whereas software startups in Cincinnati with the same revenue range are spending only 27% on sales and marketing. Uh, that means that the growth that they're seeing, which was another benchmark that they are doing, that Cincinnati is doing almost 50% better in, sure. um, they're doing it with less money. Uh, have you seen this? You've covered how many startup communities now? Uh, about 40. I just got back from uh, South Dakota, Richmond, and Colorado Springs. Wow. So. So are you seeing that, that kind of growth in those other markets as well? I
1: think everything's a little bit different depending on market,
5: right? So what I noticed about Cincinnati is I noticed that you've got a really strong
1: ecosystem here, uh, both from a, a big coast side um, to you know everything that can be accomplished, right? So while the Midwest gets a lot of attention, um, you like you like, know, obviously people are focusing on alternatives, right? To not only, you mentioned Austin, but also Silicon Valley, uh, East Coast, so rise of the rest stuff. But a lot of those places are getting into that infrastructure just now.
5: I love that we can even say rise of the rest stuff now. Like the fact that there is general and consciousness and around... And then uh, it creates copycats, cats. so included. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, but yeah, there are different... What you start to find... I, I didn't
1: really see this over, like, until about 10 or 12 seasons. you start to notice, what are the common things? Right? What are the things that you can kind of see are going to be successful? And we even talked about you could obviously see this being, an, you know, something that's taught as a as a discipline, right? Because um, you know, building an ecosystem is important for both cities, companies, the entire region.
5: Absolutely. Um, I was trying to find the other stat. I think I lost a page in my notes here. I want to make sure I shared this. Um, which is that Cincinnati early-stage software startups are growing faster than Pacific Crest's national benchmarks, um, which is that Pacific Crest has software startups up to 2.5 million in annual recurring revenue, growing at an average rate of 100% annually, whereas here in Cincinnati, the survey startups are growing at 150% yeah. uh, growth rate, annual growth, which is awesome. I mean, I, I think that deserves a round of applause. Like the fact that Cincinnati
1: started growing faster than moving the post is incredible. And it's a testament to a lot of the resources here. Well, and it's mostly a byproduct of mentorship, uh, the ecosystem, the things that are created around it, right? The ability to imagine big companies. All of that is stuff that's sustainable, right? Um, there are a lot of cities, uh, I won't name any because I want to be invited back <laughs> But there are cities that kind of, their strategy is, well, we'll put something to about 30 places, hope well, one hits, and we make it big. There's worse ones a
5: lot. It doesn't. It's not, it's not. a guarantee, right? Definitely not a guarantee. Um, are, are there any interesting ways you've seen startups or innovative big codes do more with less? Um, well, there's some things that you can't manufacture,
1: right? Sometimes you have a you have a startup, you have some things hit, um, so certain regions grow out of that, right? So whether it's Seattle grow out of that, or even Manchester, or New Hampshire grows out of a combination of Dean Kamen, which leads into. Pill pack and Dime both we'll selling for 600 million, a billion dollars. That's going to create, you know, an infrastructure and wealth, right? In that area. Um, but that again wasn't planned, right? There's planning here. And also there's a decade plus and then three decades of, of planning and infrastructure that's built. So now when we start discussing, well, it's a great time to invest in the Midwest. Cincinnati is ahead of a lot of places because it
5: already has the infrastructure in place rather than catching up and creating it a year ago. I'd love to, to close uh, with this stat um, and then maybe get a little bit of context. Is this so a microphone from, from you, Eric? It's it's we, we only have two mics. You cannot drop mic. I know. That was, it was down my one mic. Line. <laughs> and again, I'm not invited back. <laughs> so the, the stat is that the data from the tech sensitive showed that gender diversity is also good for business. Yeah. Not a huge surprise. National data shows that as well. But I, I think what is really cool is that um, when you look at the data, it revealed that the average annual revenue growth rates were approximately 150% uh, for startups with 60% of their staff being female, compared with roughly half that growth for startups with 20% or less of their staff being female. Meaning, you have more diversity on your team, you're going to grow faster. Yeah. Probably not a huge surprise to you, who's paying attention to the national trends. No,
1: it's because you have more diverse opinions in the room, right? So that the things get accomplished. The, the more narrow your thought process is in your business, the harder it's going to be to you know, achieve. Yeah, I think that's the easiest, you know, definable way of, of putting it.
5: Well, and Eric, maybe to close, you could give us a little bit of context. I know you work with an amazing uh, female CEO here, Syntabuse, who sadly has is, is moved on to her next, uh, next big thing. But Wendy, Wendy Lee has made me. an incredible impact here as a CEO of Centrifuse. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to work with Wendy during her time here?
0: Yeah, it was literally a thrill a minute. And I don't mean that in any other way than, than it was just a blast. Um, you know, she really taught uh, me and taught the team, and, and I think some of that bled over into the city about what it means to repack your trunk every day. You know, you can't go in and think, you can think that this is what you're going to accomplish at the end of the week, end of the quarter, end of the whatever, but when something comes up at the beginning of the day and resets your agenda, don't freak out. We keep a lot of plates spinning here in Union Hall and, and, and Centrifuge. And it's not so much how many plates you can keep spinning uh, or when one breaks. It's how little you freak out when one breaks. You just got to move on, move on to the next thing. Uh, so she taught us all how to giddy up. She taught us all how to keep moving forward. Uh, and she has been an inspiration for a lot of us. Absolutely. Well, thank
5: you for coming on stage and sharing a little bit about this. Thank you for your partnership uh, in making sure we brought the Tech Census to Cincinnati. Uh, the second of just two so far, but we'll be launching Denver Boulder in two weeks. We'll be launching the entire state of Tennessee two weeks after that. So, really great to have you part of this. Let's give it up for Eric and Jeff. We're going to keep things rolling because it started a little bit late um, due to some technical difficulties, so I want to roll right into my next uh, guest introduction. Uh, I want to jump into capital and what it's like to raise capital here in Cincinnati. Uh, Our next guest uh, is an 18-year P&G veteran with a variety of expertise in marketing, branding, retail experience, and has uh, been a mentor and advisor for uh, the Brandery since the very beginning. Uh, that was your introduction into the startup world, I, I believe. Um, but has recently joined about a year and a half ago as an angel investor with Queen City Angels, one of the largest angel groups, if not the largest angel group here in uh, Cincinnati. Please put your hands together for the founder and CEO of of Consulting and Mooney. don't mind the banana leaf. yeah
7: don't mind the banana leave just about knocked me out
5: no you, you nailed it all
7: right excellent i wasn't going to like do the lunge the hurdle move in the dress
5: no i, I think that's reasonable excellent um i, I just want to dive right in and Did you've me? been in the angel scene for a year and a half what was it like jumping from big co to becoming an angel investor
7: so i first jumped into being my own founder of a consultancy. So I guess it's not the founder in the traditional sense so far. But one of the things that I started doing in addition to being a mentor for the brandery is I was advising startups. And I was advising startups with maybe a couple hundred thousand in revenue to get them to 10, 13 million over the course of short periods of time. And I realized that I would be a better advisor if I understood more about the funding side of the equation. And so even though I have an undergrad and an MBA in finance, I think I actually forgot more finance than I actually ever really learned. And, and so I decided that becoming an angel investor and joining QCA, Queen City Angels, would help me to really sharpen my uh, skills and my knowledge around angel investing.
5: What was the biggest um, learning curve there?
7: Well, I just realized I didn't know Jack. About angel investing. I, I just really didn't, and I, um, I was intimidated. And frankly, I'll, I'll be really honest I was intimidated about it. I hadn't really thought of it as an asset class in my portfolio. Um, again, how naive, how silly is that? Um, and coming to terms with that, I talked with some folks who are also fellow PNG alums who've gotten involved in it. And they said, and and what Queen City Angels had done about a year and a half ago, and we're continuing this um, moving forward, is put together a junior membership. So they're calling it The Ascent. And it was uh, aimed at uh, getting more diversity uh, in the organization. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Sorry, Jack, I know you're here. But Queen City Angels is a bunch of old white guys. And so with the Ascent program, it was really trying to say, let's bring in, just like you know, the, the staff that you mentioned with having more diversity, having more diversity in the investments that you're making uh, with the investors, with the folks that are doing screenings, that are doing due diligence, you're just gonna get better outcomes. If, if it only makes sense. And Absolutely. so the Ascent brought 11 new members in, I believe four of whom were women, and um, I got so involved in all the screenings and due diligences, and I kept raising my hand as I do in an annoying way, and um, that I realized I might as well just join full on. And so I, I did that about six or seven months ago.
5: Thank you for doing that. Thank yeah. you for being willing to be quote unquote annoying. Yeah, uh, that's how change happens.
7: I'm 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 used to it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Well, beyond having diversity, um, Cincinnati has a lot of uh, investors that are value add investors as, yes. as angels. They have a lot of industry experience. As you mentioned, PNG, and uh, ProGro is another big co I mentioned already here on stage. Uh, but pulling from other serial entrepreneurs and executives um, that can make an investment and then really help grow and scale. I think Patrick Henshaw from Centrifuge had a great quote in the actual tech census about that. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how Queen City Angels has kind of... and what that group is like uh, from a from a background standpoint
7: yeah so background wise I might get it slightly wrong but we're in the midst of raising our sixth fund I believe it started Jack you might want to help me here uh, 12 years ago or so Scott. 2003. 2003, so uh, do the math 15 years ago? Okay, they kicked me yeah, out of finance at Proctor. <laughs> um, so, and I think the thing that's the most value add about Queen City Angels, it's not just the checks, for sure, it's the, um, the combination of experiences that sit around the table, that do the screenings, that do the due diligence, that sit on the boards, that provide the coaching, the mentorship, the direction, sometimes the tough love um, to the the founders. And I think that that's what's really unique. Uh, I'm not yet on a board, but um, when when TCA makes a significant investment, then there's uh, almost always a board seat that's involved. And so that person is um, uh, owes the responsibility of you know, being on the board, but then also reporting back, and as needed, getting the expertise of individuals within the group that can actually troubleshoot a particular issue.
5: Well, and I know there's a great venture community here, so I'd love to call on someone to join us on stage. Yeah, sure. um, next up, our capital expert has a finance background as well, and uh, is helping serve companies in the past he now manages investment strategy and execution, overseeing several uh, investment teams. Please help me welcome our partner and chief investment officer of Kinetic Ventures, Kyle Slotman. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Kyle. Thanks for having me. And, um, and feel free to grab the mic too if you have anything okay. to add on, on any of these, these questions. Um, we, we had some really interesting data and I'd love to share some of this. Um, one of the things that we saw is... Um, there's adequate access to seed funding uh, here in Cincinnati. Uh, 40% agreed, uh, 20% were undecided, and the other 40% disagreed. I, I think access to capital is something that you see. I, I've had the privilege of traveling around with Rise of the Rest for uh, five of their last seven tours, seeing lots of communities around the country. Access to capital all is always hard, um, even in areas like Silicon Valley and New York City. Um, but what have you seen change here in Cincinnati in your time involved? Um, Investing. Yeah,
3: investing. I think we have gotten a lot more groups and tons more angel investors coming to the market. I don't think seed capital is a problem in Cincinnati at all. Um, I think there's companies that raise or try to raise that are more lifestyle. And I think that probably was some of the feedback that companies that should have been pivoted out of the venture ecosystem. But I don't think seed's is a big problem at all. Now, late stage. Fund, two for us, about 80% of our capital will be late-stage, so we'll, we'll be able to help the market a little more in that space, but um, I don't think seed's a problem. Well, it seems like
5: um, a lot of that maybe has to do with great funds like Cincy Tech, very, right. very active, probably the, the most active seed fund here locally, and we do have uh, entrepreneur residents from Cincy Tech coming up here on stage here in a few, um, but then there's also just all these great angels and angel groups like QCA. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that out of all of the industries for investment, biomedical was predicted to be the fastest growing segment over the next five years, uh, with number two being marketing and sales tech and number three being e-commerce and retail tech. Um, can you speak to that and what you've seen that kinetic measures?
3: Yeah, I think that, I think that makes total sense. You have, we had one exit in biotech this year. is probably one of our top performing companies in the ecosystem. Um, Marketing and retail, we've got P&G and Kroger, so these are all just make sense in our ecosystem 100%. Um, Can I go back to one thing you guys were talking about earlier You guys were talking about diversity and it's great what Queen City did, and I think that's probably the most important thing in our ecosystem, and we need to invest more. I mean, the national stats are 6%, and until we change that, I know at Kinetic, Kim, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Fund 1, 44% of our companies were women and minority led. So far in fund two, it's 80%. Wow. Until we start doing that more, we will not change the ecosystems. Nope. And more funds need to bring people like Ann. We, we did, we use an algorithm, so we use a machine to screen all of our companies, and that's taken a lot of any bias out. But until we get there, I think that diversity problem is going to persist. Well, and one of the great
5: things that you have here is an amazingly robust accelerator system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are accelerator programs like Hillman Accelerator, focused on investing in Mm -hmm. in minority-owned businesses, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, Just to close here, uh, for you personally, um, and then Anna, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Why is it important to invest in startups that are here in Cincinnati?
3: It's just a great ecosystem. There's a lot of smart people coming into the system. We've got a lot of great universities in the Midwest. The cost here is lower. Um, Indy's another great market. I'm an IU alum, so I'm a little biased, but... Go Hoosiers. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think it's just a great market, and we do have big co-support, and so many people have left the p and the Kroger's and the Fifth Serves to start companies, so you have that skill and training background where you're not investing in an idea or someone that just graduated college. We have some really skilled individuals that have seen a problem in the market and can take it further.
7: I think first and foremost, we're investing, I'm doing angel investing for a return on investment and also i think that investing in entrepreneurs here in cincinnati creates a vibrancy in our city that makes it the kind of place where i want to live and i think attracts more of that so i think it becomes a virtuous cycle that feeds on itself in really positive ways
5: awesome and thank you so much uh, thank you so much for coming up thank here kyle and sharing a little absolutely. bit about what you're doing let's give a huge round of applause to Anne. Before I bring our next presenters up, I want to give a huge shout out to someone who's very active here in the Cincinnati ecosystem, and that is Frost Brown Todd, um, legal Advisors. Do we have anyone from Frost Brown Todd here? Our friends right there in the back, uh, thank you so much for supporting the Cincy Tech community, sorry, the Startup Cincy community, and the Cincy Technology community. Um, one of the things I love that, about them that is that they know that every startup begins with an idea, uh, and they're willing to help startups out along that path. Um, They're willing to to give give advice along the way make sure that they're protecting themselves. Uh, I know we use legal counsel all the time on our journey, and it's very, very important to make sure you're thinking about the risk as well. Um, That is what entrepreneurship is. It's managing risk. It's continuing to weigh risk and choose uh, the risk-reward that's going to have the greatest potential for growth, and that's a lot of what we're talking about today. So I just wanted to say thank you very, very much for supporting Uh, Next up, we're going to talk a little bit about the talent and career community here in Cincinnati. Uh, And we've got some great people to talk about that. First up, I want to welcome an entrepreneur to the stage. Uh, She has been an amazing member of the community here. Um, She's a co-founder of Cloverleaf. Their SaaS platform provides data-driven insights to empower every person in the organization to increase their relational and communication effectiveness, ultimately improving productivity and engagement. Please help me welcome Houston Morfield. Kirsten. Matt. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here.
4: My pleasure.
5: We're talking talent. This is your jam. This is my jam. I know, right? Um, can you talk to me a little bit about what it was like to hire your first employee here in Cincinnati?
4: Um, sure. So, our first employee actually joined us when we had no money. We paid her a couple hundred dollars a month to write some blogs for us, and she is now our marketing manager. Um, it, I actually slightly disagree. I think see Capella is pretty hard, but that's just my opinion.
5: It's not here from the, the founder <laughs> side.
4: Uh, but that's a tangent. So she stood with us for almost a year. As so we were like, we're gonna close in April. We're gonna close in August. I swear, by the end of the okay, February. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was our first employee, Devin
5: Barnhart. You're here. I love you. I can feel the love. Yeah. Um, the number one reason people chose to work in Cincy, according to this tech census that we did, um, is affordable cost of living. Twenty-three uh, percent of respondents answered that, that was the number one reason. Number two and three, respectively, were that my social network is here, and that also they grew up here. Have you found that to be true as you've built your team at Cloverleaf? Um, sure. I've actually never talked to any
4: of our staff about that, but I'm sure that is a <laughs> reason. And and I think um, it, I can talk as a founder, that's part of why Darren and I. Are and I stayed here as opposed to going somewhere else is because of those reasons right there. It's our community. We both have families. It's just the place where where we wanted to stay. But even though capital is better and apparently there's more talent and all that in other places, for us, it was those reasons.
5: And you're still very much in the the seed growth stage of things. Um, Sometimes it can be very hard to compete with salaries, especially when you've got So many Fortune 500 companies here in town that people could be going and making six figures. I'm guessing you're probably not paying most of your employees six figures at this point. Um, If you're like any other seed stage company I've ever talked to. Uh, So how do you cross that chasm to get great talent even when you can't match six figures?
4: Absolutely. Okay, so when we were hiring our dev talent, so I know some of the other stats were about it's easier to get junior talent than senior talent. We actually had no trouble attracting senior talent, um, but they, what senior talent asked us about in the interview process was very much about compensation-related questions. And we learned very quickly, even though we could hire seniors right away, they could plug in, know what they're doing, and take us quickly right away. They just wouldn't be a good culture fit because they were concerned about Things that didn't have anything to do with why we were doing what we were doing. So we shifted strategy and we actually went more for junior talent, which we actually had a bit of trouble finding. We wanted to find the junior talent that was really aspirational, self-starter. So we ended up hiring our dev talent, is mostly junior other than our CTO. And um, they, what we learned in the interview process was we asked more questions about like, how did you become a developer? And they are like, self taught Like, oh, when I was 12, I just thought it'd be cool to take part of this computer, because I was just from school, and that's what I spent my time doing. And then in math class, I was like, hey, can you give me more homework? And like, what, yeah, that's, I want you on our team. <laughs> um, another person we took away from a big co in Cincinnati, sorry, and um, he, he had had one year of experience there, and um, we, like, it was a harder decision for him, I think, because of competition, all those types of things, but, like, he self-taught how to become a developer because he wanted to be a part of building something from start to finish and see his impact. And so, for us, like, you, like, you can't teach somebody to want those things and to be curious and to be a self-starter and to be um, a self-teacher. And so when we shifted our focus away from the compensation conversations more what are your passions around why you're a developer or why you're into marketing or whatever um, we started to realize like one we can afford you <laughs> so that's good I'm in the stage but two like you can take our product re- a lot farther because of your passion so even though we, we delayed our hiring it took us longer to find people we still hit our target of launching our product leaving behind data and launching our products on time because we ended up hiring people who were super passionate about why we
5: were doing what we were doing. Speaking of junior talent, there are amazing universities here in the greater Cincinnati area. And so I'd love to welcome someone very special to the stage. Um, He's helping shape the future of entrepreneurs uh, at Miami University. And he is actually an entrepreneurship professor at Miami University. Please help me welcome to the stage, Mark Lackert. Mark. All right, Mark, I'm going to start off by asking you to name all the other competition in the greater Cincinnati What are some of the other great universities besides Miami University?
8: We have a stunningly great ecosystem. Just... So, they, they must be back
5: there. Cutting yeah. your mic off.
8: Here. We have a stunningly great ecosystem here for universities. Here's a fun fact. Go back six years ago. Six years ago, there were four different universities ranked in the top 25 for their entrepreneurship programs. Xavier, NKU, UC, Miami. Silicon Valley doesn't have that. Chicago doesn't have that. We were the only ecosystem in the country. We've got great talent here. That's not the question. We got a money.
5: And no, I even to drop the other mic. Okay. Um, you do have amazing talent here. And I, I know one of the things that we found is that Miami University is one of the top universities uh, engaged here. Can you talk a little bit about how universities um, like Miami
8: are engaging with the startup ecosystem? Yeah, that's a great question because it has to be intentional. We're academic universities, we act, we act like academic universities, we're on an academic schedule. Kirsten, you're not on an academic schedule. When you need something, you need it now. When you need a project done, you need it now. When you need talent, you need it now. So if a university is going to engage, they intentionally have to change something. We've done that at Miami. We've done that in multiple programs. I represent the entrepreneurship program, but I can also speak very uh, closely about our sister program, Interactive Media Studies. We very intentionally place students in young companies, and we do it In a moment's notice, we do it on a project basis. We do it on a part-time internship basis. We do it on a semester-long internship basis. We do it on a summer internship basis. We do it through class projects to create things. And what we're trying to do is help you build. We're trying to help you take projects off the side and put them into play. We're trying to build repeatable business models. We're trying to do the research that you can't get to. But we have to be intentional about it. Look, at 22 years old, and this was not in the data, at 22 years old, you have a choice. You can stay in this town, which is great if you're from here and already have your social network. But what if you're going to school around here and you didn't grow up in Cincinnati? You're more likely to leave unless we do something together. And it's gotta be really intentional. We've gotta be able to plug our 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds into your companies, into this ecosystem so that they can see the possibilities here. And when we do, my anecdotal evidence is that they're more than twice as likely to stay. Every time we run an internship here, students come back and tell me, I had no idea, this is the coolest place ever. And it changes the conversation with mom and dad. Hey, mom and dad, I'm thinking about Cincinnati now. Hey, mom and dad, I'm thinking about a younger company. They meet people, they form their network, and they're more likely to stay. But we have to be intentional together.
5: What's your number one, this is my last question for you. What's your number one piece of advice for students that might want to work at a startup?
8: My number one piece of advice for students is to get comfortable with the idea of figuring it out. We do a pretty good job of uh, putting them through the paces at Miami just so that they're comfortable with that. And there's a whole lot of folks that get into that vibe once they start experiencing it. So let's work together. It's a two-way street. Open your doors for young talent. They're amazing. You can do things that you didn't think they could do. And I, I think Kirsten and I were talking about that uh, off stage before we came up. So and let's Kirsten, work together.
5: What's your number one piece of advice for employers hiring junior talent to, co- to coach?
4: Oh, um, have them fit your values um, and why you're doing what you're doing. Because I was talking about curiosity and that's one of our core values. And so that's part of why they're so awesome inside of our company.
5: Um, so, yeah, have them fit your values. And plug for Miami. We love Miami entrants and UC entrants. And then we love all the interns that we have. <laughs> Can, give it up? Can we give it up for Kirsten and Mark? <laughs> We're going to keep things rolling, uh, but not before I give my alma mater a shout out. Um, actually, IU Kelly School of Business, which is where both my like, co founder and I graduated uh, undergrad from. Has been an amazing supporter of what we're doing with the tech census. We actually had some of their PhDs help us out with crunching some of the data. Um, we wanted to make sure everything we were doing was statistically significant, and that really was a snapshot of what's going on here in Cincinnati. And uh, IU wants to be very collaborative with other universities, even outside of Indiana. Uh, so very, very uh, grateful to have the School of Business as a supporter of this. Um, next up, I want to jump into corporate innovation. And for that, we have a very, very special guest with 26 years of experience at P&G, uh, helping me several of the strategic efforts in beauty and grooming. Um, also, helped with acquisitions so of a variety of different products. Uh, she also worked as an SVP at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital and is now an executive in residence at Cincy Tech, which we're definitely going to talk about that. Somebody <laughs> welcome Jennifer Dower. totally on a game show. First question for (laughs) $100,000. Jennifer, before we dive into your background working um, with the big foes, which I know you have a lot of experience with, can you talk a little bit about Cincy Tech? It's come up in a couple of different conversations here, and I know they're probably the most prolific investor in the tech ecosystem?
2: Um, so, um, yeah, I've been at Cincinnati Tech about six months now. Uh, and uh, Tech, as several people have said, um, like uh, uh, QCA and uh, HCDC, has been around for quite a while, it, about 11 years. Um, and over that time, um, f- over four funds raised uh, close to $80 million. More important than that, though, I think what Mike and the team are most proud of is the follow-on capital that's come along. So um, over $850 million in follow-on capital. Um, so, I totally respect and appreciate the challenges that the different companies have at different stages, um, and I think some of, the, some of that is reflected in the survey, um, but I, I think that the results of Cincy Tech, and we're almost to the end of Fund 4, are indicative of what can be built um, when you have really great ideas that are nurtured, that are advanced, um, and importantly, are attracting capital both from Cincinnati and other places around the country, and frankly, in our case, some places outside of the United States. Absolutely.
5: Well, and there are so many since tech portfolio companies, spoiler alert, that are on the awards that we'll be announcing here in just a few minutes. Um, but then also just the fact that they've had that much follow-on capital brought into companies here is, is incredible. Uh, I know Mike and Peg were quoted extensively in the Tech Census report as well. So uh, great to have their expertise there. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was one of the most popular ways of fundraising. Here in Cincinnati was actually getting enterprise partnerships. So, 40% of founders agree that there's adequate access to seed funding, um, while 54% agree that there's adequate access to enterprise partnerships. Um, and Tarek, actually, who we're going to have up here in a minute, had a great quote in the Tech Census report too. Is my favorite kind of funding is revenue, and getting that from a big company is wonderful. Uh, can you talk a little bit as a, as a former big co yourself? Um, what was it uh, about working with startups uh, or what would you look for when you were working with a smaller company uh, that made it easier to work with
2: a startup? Um, having been at Procter for a fairly long time, I would say that um, my view is that the organization has evolved its view of working with startups. Right? Uh, probably when I first got there, the idea of working with people from the outside was not particularly prevalent. Okay. Um, A.G. Laffley, as many people know, um, and others brought in a concept of connect and develop, and this idea of you know half of the innovations, half of the ideas would come in from the outside was another step in the culture, and that has continued on. And my last assignment there was around new business creation. Um, I think what has continued is um, a recognition that um, the opportunity to leverage the external environment to help accelerate people like Proctor, Kroger, Fifth Third. Um, Others may have solutions to our problems or our opportunities, as we like to call them, and how can we effectively and efficiently, or how can they effectively and efficiently partner um, to really accelerate achieving the outcome that they're looking for. Um, So I think that it's all a positive evolution. It is a cultural evolution as well. Um, What I think is exciting from the survey is that people are saying they're getting that kind of traction. What I think is really important as that continues on, however, is that you know the pilots move from first dates to you know a longer relationship and ultimately for the benefit of the startups to real sustained revenue right not just a one-off and um, i think that you know if i were still inside of a big co wanting to look at how many pilots not only and i was just talking to someone earlier not only how many pilots have i done but how many of those pilots have converted and what have they con- converted into and importantly for the big co's and the startups what's the learning out of that so that the entire ecosystem can continue to get better and smarter Um, so that if I'm someone new coming into the system, I can learn from others who've been there in the past on how do I get that first pilot and how do I make sure that I, as the startup, am prepared to serve my customer, right? And I, as the customer, the big co, is really ready to partner and effectively be engaged with that startup because otherwise you've got a really bad mating thing going on there.
5: Yeah, how do you make sure that that actually happens? Like, like, at what stage should a startup really be talking to a big co? Uh,
2: when it's able to deliver the pilot that it promises it can do, okay? <laughs> we were having this conversation earlier. Um, it's great to get. You laugh, that. but that doesn't always happen. No, it, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think, I mean, there's a lot of this, right? Having sat in multiple chairs on different sides of the table, um, because in startups, they speak entirely different languages, even if they're speaking English. Okay. <laughs> what? No, I think it's really important. Um, second thing is, are the organizations, the two sides, aligned on a definition of success? is there conversation around what will happen when you're successful, because ultimately, a pilot is for the benefit of scaling, not not just the benefit of having a big company's logo on the slide you're gonna put up in front of someone who might fund you. So I think it's really some of those harder conversations up front, you know, what are we trying to achieve, what is a common success criteria, how will we measure it? Um, And yeah, you sometimes, as Eric said, you have to repack your trunk every day, things do happen, but at least think about what you want that outcome to be and how will we then move from there so that there is ideally delight if it's successful for both parties and not disappointment because you have missed expectations along the way.
5: That's great. I, I could talk to you about this for hours, but um, I, I want to ask one final question which is from your seat, you know, being an entrepreneur resident at Cincy Tech, uh, what is your hope for the Cincy Tech community with its relationship between the startups and the big co's?
2: Um, my hope for Cincinnati Tech is that we will be able to continue to do um, exactly what we've been doing um, and ideally at an even bigger scale, right? We've been able to um, identify, attract amazing entrepreneurs, amazing deal flow through outstanding relationships, whether that's with Cincinnati Children's, UC, other institutions. Um, And I think that, you know, those opportunities come from lots of different places, um, but identify them, enable them, and continue to support them as they grow on their journey, um, and ultimately um, enable them to be as successful as they possibly can so that we are able to mint and exit and continue to perpetuate, grow, um, and reinvest.
5: Well, thank you so much for bringing your expertise here to the stage and to the tech community. Thank you to Cincy Tech uh, for being such a great partner. I know that they're behind everything startup, uh, you know, Cincinnati startup week, uh, so many other programs here. So please put your hands together for Jennifer. <laughs> all right. We are in our final speaker for the evening. Uh, and before we do, I do want to give a huge shout out because we brought in a partner all the way from Kansas city to be here tonight. Uh, Alden Miller is here somewhere. Um, but Alchemy right here, flew in from KC to, to be here. Uh, he's been shooting interviews all afternoon with entrepreneurs here in Cincinnati because he's passionate about helping share the stories of the founders here in the Cincinnati startup community. Uh, and so please make sure you check those out later. We'll be sharing them on social. Uh, we'll be collaborating with Centrifuge to help get those out uh, and make sure that we're sharing what's happening here on a national stage. So I want to give a huge shout out to Alchemy. And then all the way from Indianapolis, we have our friends at Studio Science. Uh Studio Science uh, are here, Chris and Mike there, and uh, the, the side over here came from Indianapolis. Uh, they're designing innovation consultancy. They helped us pick our name, powder peg. They helped us pick our mark, our, our logo that we did. They do amazing work. They work very closely with the High Alpha portfolio of companies, which is a hundred million dollar fund based out of uh, Indianapolis uh, that has just been an amazing piece of the Midwest a technical system that now has clients all over the world. So I just want to give a huge shout out to Alchemy and Studio Science. Thank you both for being here. All right. Our last presenter, I've I've teased throughout this evening, and I want to make sure uh, I I do him justice. He's a serial entrepreneur, uh, very passionate about artificial intelligence, AI, Um, used physical modeling to power sports simulations to Fox and Interactive Media. That's where he sold his last startup to. He's uh, passionate about creating value, of course, as any entrepreneur is. Uh, Please also welcome the CEO and founder of Circle, Tarek Kamel.
9: (laughs) Tarek, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Matt. It's good to have you. Good to see you.
5: Yeah. You were quoted extensively in the tech census report. So thank you for being our eyes and ears and uh, wise eyes. You've been here over 25 years in the, it ingrained the Cincinnati tech ecosystem?
9: Yep. So I've been in uh, Cincinnati 27 years. I grew up in Dayton, but I was born in Cairo. So I had this whole entrepreneurial background. And then I started my first company 20 years ago here. Wow.
5: What was it like 20 years ago starting in Cincinnati? Did you have a seed fund and a giant <laughs> space like this in, in OTR?
9: No, it was a lot of um uh buggy <laughs> long time <laughs> but there was nothing. There was literally nothing. So the analogy I like to give to people is anytime you start a business, you're running a marathon. There is no easy route. It's twenty six point two miles no matter what you're doing. It's always hard. But in Cincinnati twenty years ago, it was all uphill all wind in your face. And they thought you were a lunatic for not working at Proctor or not working at Fifth Third or not working at Western Southern. Like, what are you doing with your life? That was the philosophy 20 years ago. And so fast forward uh, maybe 10 years ago. So then we start to have some traction and I exited in 2005 to Fox. So of nowhere here's this company uh, started in Cincinnati sells to company in Los Angeles we're part part of Fox Interactive Media we kept our operations here in Cincinnati
5: why did you keep your operations here and not move to LA LA.
9: (laughs) well we sold software so we can't raise the price of our software just because their offices were in Beverly Hills which is where they had their offices (laughs) So it didn't really make any sense, and nobody wanted to Nobody wanted to live there. Everybody liked kind of the pace and, and being in Cincinnati. So then you get the Brandery on the scene. So I'm working with the Brandery.
5: Tell, tell us a little bit about the Brandery for, for those that are maybe watching on the live stream.
9: So um, there's a lot of Brandery alum here. I've been working with the Brandery since inception, and was really kind of new to Cincinnati to have this thing where we're <coughs> going to accelerate entrepreneurship. So you gotta remember not too long prior to that, entrepreneurship was a, a, a bad word. Now you've got these folks that show up on the scene that says not only is it not a bad word, we want to accelerate it. And it was kind of revolutionary for sleepy old Cincinnati. And from that it brought a lot of national attention Cincinnati we brought a lot of companies from outside Cincinnati here and we had success right so we had some companies that were doing really well we built this uh it wasn't me it was the brander guys um network of mentors and capital um, and trying to figure that out back then So all of a sudden, this marathon that you've been running, which is still 26.2 miles, it's not uphill wind in your face. It's level, right? Okay, I can take that. I like that. Then centrifuge shows up. So centrifuge, so I don't know if people know the backstory. I can give it to you in 15 seconds. But basically, you want to say something? I
5: feel like I've taken I was, over your I was, show. I was, No, I was about to say elevator backstory. I would, would love to hear
9: it. Um, so basically the backstory for Centrifuge is uh, the Big Coast got together and they had McKinsey do a study. What does the Cincinnati need to do to be competitive going forward? And one of the things that came out of that study was you have to have entrepreneurship and innovation in your region. And so from that came this, idea of putting centrifuge together, the fund of funds, startup Cincy, all these things started to be born out of that. And so now you've got, as Eric said, you've got a lifeguard in the pool, which is exactly what we needed. And it was way before anybody was thinking about doing anything like this. And it's been very unique and very positive for us as a region. And it really has brought all these disparate things together in a very unique way and set us up for success, so much so that you've got other communities now licensing a lot of what we're doing and people calling us nationally saying, how did you figure this out? So that is just a testament to Centrifuge and the team and Wendy and Eric and everybody that works here about how do you bring all this together? So back, back to the marathon, it is now running downhill, When to your back. So this is where we've gone from 20 years ago where it was brutal, it was hard, people thought you were crazy, to this is great. You've got people that are going to be there and support you. It's still a marathon, right? It's still difficult, but it's not like it used to be.
5: Can you talk to me a little bit about the marathon you're on now with Circle? Yes. And and how you came up with that idea, and, and maybe a little context of how this startup was a little bit different than 20 years ago when you first jumped into the startup I don't know if you could call it
9: a scene at that point. Yeah, there's no scene. Um, (laughs) uh, So every business that I've really, that I have started, it's come from something that I'm passionate about. All of them were never intended to be businesses, and Circle is no exception. So Circle came out of a need I saw for better communication for my kids' schools. So I just moved from Madeira, my kids' Any, I don't hear one single, <laughs> woo! Thank you, all right. Um, that person was an OCR, they just saw that. I know who that is, too. <laughs> um, so, I saw this issue with communication in my kids' school district. And Madeira is very high-performing. People move there for the schools, but they're not engaged. And so, when I looked at that, I thought, there's got to be a better way. And so, I like to solve problems. So I came up with Circle really as a way to help address getting the right information to the right people at the right time just for my kids' schools. But really, once that started to be um, used within the school district, I realized everybody has this issue, whether it's uh, a company trying to engage their employees, or whether it's a university trying to engage their alumni, or whether it's a nonprofit trying to engage their constituents. Everyone is struggling because we create so much communication. And so what if we could bring the Netflix style of communication, where everything is tailored, to everybody? That is the future that I see. But it was never intended to be a business. It was, I want more people to show up at my kids' stuff. That was it. I
5: love it. Um, Wind Circle, it? What, what was sort of the, like the idea of Genesis? Um, for what you're doing and uh, how, how did you tap the resources here in Cincy to get it off the ground?
9: So like most ideas, it started in a bar, the Madeira Inn, which is an actual thing. It's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> but um, that's where it started. And I just believe in bootstrapping, right? My background is technical. I like to build things. And so I didn't have to go out and raise money. Like I can build this myself. That's what nights and weekends are for. And so you go out and do that. When you have that skill, you do that. And then as it started to get traction, then I started to bring in some other folks uh, in terms of capital. We still have never raised institutional capital. So we've heard a lot about institutional capital today. We've raised, um, this is a testament to Cincinnati, we've raised $4.5 million from individuals. We've not taken any, well, ocean, I guess, kind of counts, but we haven't really taken any institutional capital. So proud of that. And it's also a different way to think about building your business, right? There's not just one path to get to the end. As an entrepreneur, you have got to love solving problems. Raising capital or how you're going to finance your business is definitely a problem. How you're going to find talent, who you're going to hire, how much you're going to pay them, where you're going to have your offices, everything is a problem. So we've been really fortunate to kind of be where we are. Um, it's a bit of a different story than some others, but that's okay.
5: I love it. What's your number one hope for what's next in the society Tech
9: community? Um, I'm really passionate about the Cincinnati Tech community. I have been for a long time. I volunteer with all the accelerators. I'm on the board at Centrifuge. I'm really passionate about it. But I will say this. I am way more passionate and hopeful that Proctor does well, that Kroger does well. We have got to figure that out. We, as Technologists or its entrepreneurs can help them if you take all the startups together, all of them, it's a rounding error on any one of those companies' budgets. We have to have the big codes do well. That's really important. If we can systematically build this ecosystem where we can have the next Proctor emerge or the next Kroger emerge here, that's awesome but I can't imagine what Cincinnati would be like without PNG or Kroger and so if we can help them in some way that is really important Um, so beyond that I think it is getting more people involved uh, really breaking down some barriers that this is not as hard as it looks it's harder but you've got to be honest about that like what it really is versus what we put out as a myth, it's not just, maybe at Los Angeles it's just drinking beer and playing baseball. (laughs) Um, But for most real companies, it is hard, hard work. Like, uh, and I'm just giving Charlie a hard time because they're amazing. Um, It is really difficult. Even those guys, like it is difficult. You just don't see that. It looks fun and it looks sexy and that's what the media wants to grab onto. Everyone here who started a business can tell you it is brutally hard. Like, I used, to have hair, you know? I used to have hair. Charlie used to have hair. So that should indicate to you that it is not, it is not fun and games. It is brutally difficult.
5: Well, and speaking of uh, fun and games and low sense. Uh, They've got a happy hour coming up, and we've got some awards to announce, so I want to give Tarek Kamel a huge round of applause. Thank you. you. All right, and I'm going to bring Todd back up here to the stage, we are going to announce the the winners. Uh, This is a popular vote, but before before I do, I want to give another group of people a huge shout-out. They came from Indianapolis as well. They are partners of ours in uh, Indianapolis at Padrepeg, they built our financial model that we grew our business on. They've helped literally dozens, maybe even past 100 mark at this point. Other tech companies do the same. Back in the very back, Don and Tom are here from Indianapolis. Uh, at M Accounting, these guys are, are, are amazing. And if you have a question about growing and scaling your business, these are the people to talk to. I'm talking to you in the live stream. they am talking to you out here in Cincinnati. Um, they're passionate about doing it. They're also very passionate about building community. I can always count and looking at any of our events, whether it's in Indianapolis or here in Cincinnati, and finding their face, because they really care about entrepreneurs, uh, and they came all the way here. So thank you, Tim Accounting, for supporting what we're doing here in Cincinnati. All right, uh, we want to close by recognizing some of the top tech companies in Cincinnati. Uh, this was done by popular vote by people who took the tech census. Uh, and these are, we had a journal all queued in our bed so we're going to have to Your hands might get tired because there are 10 of them. Um, yeah. So, let, why don't we just do a uh, countdown, um, sort of, uh, who was Dave Letterman that did the top
6: 10 countdown? Yeah, you if you could, Todd, read off one of the sure top thing. 10 companies. Starting with, uh, starting with number 10, and I'm going to read this. this that, is for the best culture, correct? This is the best culture as voted by tech census takers. And I'm going to read the company's description and play a little game here and, and see, if, see if you can uh, guess who it is. Number 10, a startup-inspired software innovations, innovation agency that is Differential. Give it up for Differential. At number nine, a location data company on a mission to restore cities with quantified insight. Oh, that sounds awesome. Spatial, live class. Good job, Lightning Team. Number eight, an on-demand staffing and recruiting platform that automates the process of matching worker skills to job requirements. That is Tiller. Good job, Carissa and, and Tiller. Number seven, an AI-powered communication platform that personalizes every digital inter- interaction with your audience. out would do. Circle. Good job. <laughs> number six, an analytics platform on a mission to help managers discover hidden qualities of their teams. That's Cloverleaf. <laughs> right. Coming up number five, the market leader in trend-driven influencer content and social media marketing. Ahology, now part of Quotient. Number four, they're an app that helps you dress better by optimizing your wardrobe with personalized clothing recommendations. That's Cladwell, Good job, Lexington. I've seen to use that. I need it. All right. Uh, number three, a technology company with a proprietary platform that transfers data through sound tones. one Listener. <laughs> there we go. And uh, uh, I don't know what happened to number two, but I, uh, I just skipped over to number, number one. So, number one. I don't have it here I yet. Know, I don't have Maybe someone on my team can text me what number two
5: was.
1: And, and the
6: number one uh, best culture as voted by the Tech Census, and uh, this is not homecoming, I promise, this is totally objective. Low a powerful, <laughs> easy to use, enterprise application platform. Awesome. Oh, look, number two is Astronomer. Right, right, is right. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I Somehow much that astronomer. Right. Um, so there's some. Uh, so I'll continue on with innovation. Please. Do. Okay. So, so uh,
5: these are the most innovative companies in Cincinnati, as voted by Texas takers.
6: Yes, right. exactly. And there'll be, there'll there we there's some, some crossover here. There's some crossover, which is not surprising. Uh, some of the most progressive companies are both innovative as well as um, as well as have good cultures. So number ten, Cloverleaf again. Number nine, Ahology again. Number eight, Tiller. Again. Number seven, Cladwell. Awesome. Here's a new one. Uh, this is a technology using a non-invasive electronic, electronic wearable system to measure and transmit real-time data about human sweat. That's pretty specific. That's Ekron Systems. Good job, guy, guys. Number five is a platform that helps organizations get data moving uh, by quickly and easily adopting Apache Airflow. That's Astronomer. I mean, people Astronomer, show uh, number four, a platform using virtual reality to help maximize productivity for distributed teams. That's Immersed VR, chubbler Number three, Spatial. Number two, Visner. And the number one, the most innovative tech company in Cincinnati, as well as the best culture in Cincinnati,
4: Losin. Good job.
6: Guys, back, back and as uh, Matt said, be sure and uh, stop in their uh, their happy hour at six o'clock at the Drinker. Is that right, Charlie? Those and, guys are back. It's right. I connection by anyone who was on the stage here uh, today to come back up to the stage, just
5: come on back up to the stage. To, we'll do like an SNL style sign-off. And uh, I want to invite some of the hosting guys up up here as well. Charlie, if you want to, come on here. Uh, and let's just give you a huge round of applause this amazing tech community that's doing it's all about right? shining so 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 the light, light, light on what's here in Cincinnati, connecting to the rest the tech ecosystem at large, nationally, globally. Uh, we've got an amazing group here, uh, and we're very passionate about helping uh, better connect uh, in Cincinnati and beyond. So thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, thanks for coming up here for the photo op. Uh, thanks for being here. And uh, where's, where's the party at next? Drinkery. Drinkery.
6: Drinkery oh, oh, good. No Directory on Main Street. What's the uh, we have nice. a happy hour, along with we're giving out some prizes for a challenge
5: that uh, a number of groups did for building IoT applications. Ooh, so, awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having all- me.